0: got it all in control, he's got it all in control, he put that reassurance way down in my soul, he's got it all in control. He's got it all in control, he's got it all in control, he's put that reassurance way down in my soul, he's got it all in control. I've put my life in his hands, I've put my life in his hands, so every road I walk on, I'm sure is in his plan, I've put my life in his hands. I've put my life in his hands I've put my life in his hands So every road I walk on I'm sure is in his plan I've put my life in his plan
1: Amen Let's all stand to see as we hold to God's unchanging hand. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Time is filled with swift transition Not of earth unmoved can stand Be Some things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. I'm singing, hold to God's unchanging hand. Hold to God's unchanging hand. things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Friends forsaken, still more closely to him cling. I'm saying, Hold to God's unchanging hand, Hold to God's unchanging hand. This world's vain riches That so rapidly decay Seek to gain The heavenly treasures They will never pass away I'm singing Unchanging, and hold to God's unchanging. journey is completed, if to God you have been true, fair and bright your home in glory, your enraptured soul. Singing, hold to, to God's, God's unchanging, unchanging hand. Hold to God's, God's unchanging, unchanging hand. <coughs> Amen. Build your, your hopes on some things eternal, eternal. Oh, do do it? and hold, hold to God's, God's unchanging hand. Unchanging Changing hand. hand. Hold to God's, God's unchanging hand. hand. Build your, your hopes on things, things eternal, and hold, hold to God's, God's unchanging.
2: He doesn't change his mind Thank God he's unchanging, unmoving Whatever he said today He's going to say it tomorrow Whatever he said 2,000 years ago Still says it today If he loved you then He's going to love you now He's not going to unlove you Amen Amen. Praise God for that Good to be in the house of the Lord Good to have everybody with us tonight Got sister Rachel and the kids back We can have church now So Good to have you back, and uh, glad you had a safe trip. And visit with your mom, and pa out there in New Mexico. So we appreciate all of you coming. We appreciate this weekend. Y'all did a uh, an outstanding job, and we had some outstanding um, meetings. Amen. We didn't we didn't shout the house down, but boy, I tell you, there's a lot of notes been took off of that off of those sermons and special meetings. That's what they're for. They're they're for special. You know, it's a special time. Don't worry, I'll, I'll fix that. What y'all squinting up here for? I haven't got to that part yet. I will in just a second, though. Well, maybe in a minute or two or three. Watch this. You ready? Are you ready? Ta-da! Can you read that now? Okay. All right. But thank you all for bringing food and doing all the... Uh, um, I uh, had some new people here, and, and we appreciate you uh, taking the time to include them and make them feel at home, and, and uh, they're on uh, Easter Sunday. Uh, it was good to see Brother Sonny and and, uh, and all of them from Brother Paget's church, and just pray for them. They're getting in a new building, so just remember them in your prayers. Uh, by way of announcement, this coming Sunday will be the 16th. It'll be Dad's birthday. He'll be 83. After the second service, we'll have cake and ice cream for him, and if you have anything to give him, that would be well appreciated. Also, Brother Willie Smiley will be here on the 30th of this month, which will be a few weeks from now, but it will be the last Sunday of this month. Brother Willie Smiley, um, that is Brother uh, Jack Duff's brother-in-law, but he will be with us on the 30th. Continue to remember the May youth service. Brother William Borlevon will be with us. That'll be on the twentieth, and just keep that in your prayers. Also, um, we may in in we may in May we may in May we have been thinking about having a vow renewal service, and then where everybody wants to renew their vows. Brother Dale you should do that <coughs> periodically, so I think we will do that maybe in may that we'll have a a vow renewal maybe speak one sunday a little bit on marriage not marriage and divorce so don't be scared but marriage and uh, we may do that coming up here in may and we also um i checked the pool the other day (coughs) excuse me there's a few leaves in it but we'll clean those out if anybody wants to be baptized we're going to probably turn it back on and uh um we may have a few baptisms Besides the 20 that we had last year. And we sure do appreciate that. We appreciate the Lord giving us a group of people that wants to serve him further than just coming to church. And, and just getting here. Amen. <clears throat> so we love you with the love of the Lord. Just remember us all in prayer. We've all got sicknesses. And remember Jim's shoulder. Um, and the different ones. Sister Frida, And the ones that have called in. We, we want to really li- uh, lift them up in prayer. Amen we still believe in a prayer answering god and he will answer our prayer he answered he answered prayer for that little kid that supposedly had a hole in his heart they don't know why it don't have a hole in his heart doctors usually are not very wrong well they were probably wrong on that one or they were right and then they got wrong by a healing that that happened um, by the fervent prayer of the bride of jesus christ and we appreciate the lord being with us so let's bow our heads and And uh, continue on with Get this frog out of my throat Continue on with patience Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this evening Lord, I pray that you'd be with us now here in the middle of the week Lord, we fought the demons on Monday and Tuesday And today, Lord, now I pray the angels of the Lord to push them back And that we will all hear from you And we'll all get something, Lord, to carry us on further into you, Lord into the weekend, Lord. On Sunday, Lord, to hear back more from you, Father. Just be with each one. Be the ones that are not here, the ones that are sick, the ones, Lord, that we continue to pray for on prayer lists and different things. Brother Dutch sending those out and different ones, Lord. We don't. We want. We want to stop and pray for those people because I would want someone to stop and pray for me if I had an urgent request. So we need to return the favor, Lord, and 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 pray for these people instead of just saying, Oh, okay, but. Say a prayer. Call a name. Father, we pray that you just be with all of us here, Lord, in the further of this service. Just take care of our, our, our needs, Lord, and, and be with the little Bride around the world. We're thinking about the missionaries. Brother uh, Joe Green and his wife is over in, in Jamaica there with Brother Brady. Lord, we know Brother Brady's getting up in age and can't remember. And, and Brother Joe just uh, laid on his heart to go over there. And, and speak with him, and be there for about a week. Just bless Brother Joe, <clears throat> Sister Rex they there with him too, Lord. I pray that you'd touch them, give them a safe trip back. Just bless us in the furtherance of this service, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah, just remember, remember Brother Joe Green and his wife, they're over there in Farmtown, Jamaica, having services. So it's um, good to hear from them. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God, and that word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Second Peter one five says, besides this, well we said, besides the new birth, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge. For knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. First Timothy three sixteen says, Without controversy. Right there's no disputation. There's no no way to get out of this. If you're if you're a child of God, if you're a son and daughter of God, without for controversy, great is this mystery of Godliness, because it's going to be in you. Well, when I have to. Uh, I can't find it in Jesus Christ because I don't see him. You understand? I don't see him here with his physical. Him walking around. I see it in us. So that's godliness, that's God, God. listen, it's easy for God to be godly because he's God, but us being sinners made, made in his image, and made in his likeness, and made with, and get the new birth, then there's the mystery of godliness is that we can live and see and work just like God. And I'll prove it to you in just a little bit, Brother Brown. You know, it's always that question, I can't be good enough. God doesn't ask you to be good enough. He just asks you to do what he says. Just get in Christ and let him do the work. <clears throat> All right, remember, we'll read the quote. We're scrap heaps of ministers that have tried. People have tried to what? has tried to produce something. They try to work something up. They try to get. It's going to come down to this right here without controversy great is the mystery of godliness God was manifested in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels preached unto the Gentiles believed on in the world and received up into glory you may be seated that word without controversy is strife or without dispute without a quarrel we're not going to sit and we're not, we're not going to argue I'm not going to argue with somebody that I can't be like God because God told me I had to be like God all right, and if he did, then guess what he had to do? He had to make a way that even just common folks like us can make it. Not some theologian, not somebody that knows more than you know, but something that we can do starting in our everyday life in this plan of redemption that we've been talking about, <clears throat> and we see that plan of redemption, I see it more and more, I was watching a, a brother online this uh, yesterday, and, and uh, you just kind of see what's going on out in the in the message world, and And he was talking about free moral agency, and he said, this message did away with free moral agency. I said, I want to see that quote. I want to see where that was done away with in this message. You still are a free moral agent. You can sit here today, and you can take that right there, or you can reject it. You can take God, and you can reject it. You can decide for yourself. If you're going to go on with God or you're not going to go on with God. We're still human. And in our humanity, we still have choices every day that we have to make. So I don't understand where. Well, I do understand because they want to talk about that seed doctrine where you was just lying down through here and you there's no other way you could come. Well, by foreknowledge, you can say that, but not just by predestination. Let's read this right here. So foreknowledge looks back and says that he foresaw this. And he knows that's the reason he could tell what the end was from the beginning. To me, that is so simple. God is God. He's infinite. He can see. He already saw your whole life before he even said, let there be. Before he made an angel, he knew your life. He knew the day you were going to get born again or the day you were going to turn it down. Because he's God. And being God, now that we can go back in the back part of God's mind, we can, as Chris was talking about this weekend. You know, you see, you've got the quotes about the seed over here, and you've got the quotes about the seed, but I like what he said. He brought out a good point. <clears throat> he said, it's not something inside of you that's tangible. And I like that. You, you can't do away with a quote over here that you came here with this, with this seed, and I read it uh, back here just a few minutes ago, and then over here where you were born lost. All right, You've got to bring it to the middle and realize that there's not a tangible anything in you that's, that wasn't even that like Adolf Hitler. Different ones, I'm telling you, to be just, God had to bring everybody here the same way. Everybody on the same free moral agency. Even Cain, he told Cain, he said, Cain, if you'll do different, what? Make a choice. If you'll make a choice, I'll bring you in the fold. But he knew before the foundation of the world what Cain would do. Brother Brown said he he knew that if he put Adam and Eve in human flesh, they'd fall. But being a righteous judge, he can't get in the way of that and make you not be that. Because at the end time, when we come up to the day of judgment, if we're not judged here, we're going to be judged there. And if we're judged there, Adolf Hitler's got the same chance me and you got. Or he did. He doesn't now, but he did before. But by foreknowledge, God could see Adolf Hitler's life, and we use him and and I'm not ashamed to use him because he was vile. He he was almost a devil himself. Had six million Jews killed, and it was just not a it was not a mercy killing. He killed them right and left. Alright, so he was a vile man. But he had the same chance you did, or God's not just. Adolf Hitler can stand at the the day of judgment and say, hey, you made them different from me. That makes you not righteous. You can't judge me. But see, he didn't. He made us all free moral agency. He's going to say, no, Danny Fountain is standing right here because, and he'll tell him the very day, the very hour, and the very moment that he received Christ as his personal Savior. All right, so to me that makes it so simple that God put everybody on free moral agency, and you got a choice to make you still got a choice to make now, even after you're born again. <clears throat> I was looking at that a little bit a few minutes ago, but let's, let's continue. I'll get into it in just a second. The reason he could tell what the end was from the beginning, and therefore knowing, knowing that all these marvelous days we're living in now, <clears throat> that we're living in, to stand and witness and see the things that we've seen. Now see, he's already seen it. We are seeing it now. All right? God had to make a preparation for it. He knew that, 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 that I, you, whoever, would come to a place to where we might go out in the world and we, we would do the things of the world, but we would come to a place where we said, hey, that's enough. You had to come to that same place. God came knocking on your door for the last time. But he knew you would react as you reacted. He didn't get a surprise. He knew how you would react. So now, therefore, I do believe in predestination. He predetermined it because he saw it first. Then he could predetermine every bit of this. But by foreknowledge and your choice. See, I can go with anybody on the seed doctrine if they talk about choice and something not being tangible inside of you. There could be something. Eternal life can't be rambling around somewhere inside of you while you're a sinner. I am so sorry. That is not going to happen. Amen. God will not dwell in an unclean vessel. Why does he clean you up? Why does the unclean spirit have to go out of you? Well, all that. Why is the plan of redemption just, well, just believe it and there it is. It'll just pop right up. No. No, it's a birth. And what is a birth? A birth is a mess. A birth is birthing what? Into the world and you getting a nature. And I was thinking about this yesterday. You get a nature and that nature is not of God. Or you wouldn't need a new birth. That nature's of the devil. And there's not a nature of God inside of you to combat that at that moment, or it would. It's like Brother Dale, we talked about a long time ago, about two-soul doctrine. That's kind of what it is. They've just cleaned the pig up and painted it pink. It's the same thing. You know, you get two souls or two natures, or they're in there fighting. They ain't in there fighting in your soul. It's either faith or doubt. Tonight, it's either faith or doubt. Brother Bradham never changed that. He never said there was three or four people in your soul. He said it's faith or doubt. One are the two, not one and the two. So what's fighting you now is your second realm. Your spirit realm is what I'm talking about now. If you're born again today, we are not talking about that. We're talking about then chief. Which one wins? He said, the one I feed. Now, listen, it wasn't white dog and black dog in his soul. You can't have that if you got the new birth. If you got the new birth, I thought that cleaned all that out and what? Sealed you. Sealed you. Now, listen, if God sealed you and the devil in at the same time, we got an issue. But he didn't. Something had to be driven out of you, according to the book of Luke, driven out, and if you didn't get it all cleaned up, and if you didn't get it patched up, And vulcanized, he's going to come right back in. But we fight that, folks, in our spirit realm today. Most of your fight is going to be in your spirit realm because, remember, your soul is perfect if you're born again. Perfect, complete, never sinned, never had a bad day, never said a bad word, never had a bad thought. But yet he's living inside of you. That's your theophany. That's what's working. That's what's firing you every day. But there is a nature when you was born through your mom and your daddy. You were given a nature that you're being that you're fighting all the time. But you got to realize whether it's in your soul fighting it or whether it's in your spirit fighting it. That's this whole thing. That's why I spend all that time on the new birth, on faith. You got to believe that God is in your soul and the devil is not. You're sealed until the day of your redemption. But all these other things, the outside, that spirit realm of memory, reason, conscious effects, affection, imagination, there's where Satan is playing with you at. There's where Satan is bombarding you every day of your life saying you're not worth it. But that guy inside of you says, yes, you are. Because, listen, that guy inside is going to, if he's born again, he's going to lean to the word of God. And I'm going to read you here in just a few minutes. It has to, because the seed remaineth in, him, in you or them, you, and you can't see it. And remember, when you read that scripture, you got to remember that the Bible is written to Christians. Okay? So the seed remains in you after you're born again, not not remains in you at your birth, Amen. at your baby birth. At your new birth, yes, but not at your baby birth. Why would Paul have to fight? Why would Paul have Christians killed if he had anything inside of him that was eternal life. That'd be be God fighting God. But it wasn't. It wasn't. Sure, there was representation, as Brother Chris was talking about. If you go by representation, then you're there. Because what's represented is the mind of God has come to the earth, and this is what we're doing. We're looking at time and eternity. We're looking at time here and eternity here. And we've got to look at that eternal part And that's what we've got, as we were talking the other day, a tie post. That's where you tie it to. You tie it to that eternal life. You tie it to that experience that you have. That the things I used to do, I do them no more. Now listen, we slip up and make mistakes, but remember, if you're born again in your soul, you don't make mistakes. God does not make mistakes. We've got to do what? White dog has got to be fed more than the black dog. And the black dog is that one right there. We're talking going to the statue of a perfect man. We can let him win because we don't listen. We don't come to church. We don't pray. We don't study. Let's listen to what Brother Ryan says. I love this. Chris was talking about it too. Back in the back part of God's mind, there was something that he was trying and was going to achieve. Now, why was he going to achieve this? He knew we'd be lost. He knew we wouldn't need this. He knew we wouldn't need 60 years after the prophet left for us to get this thing right. But there was something he was going to achieve. And he had a motive in doing it. Why? He wanted to get you back to that Genesis 126 man in its fullness. Everybody with me? Look, but it's in order to let him be expressed, not you. In order to let him be expressed... Through you, he had to do these things. He had to let us get lost. He had to let us because he was what? He had an attribute of a Savior, a Redeemer. And the whole book of redemption, you know, if you look at Revelations 5, and you look at that and you see that book, and you see it being in, in the hands of the original owner, well, that was a book of your name. That was the book of eternal life. That was not the book of all the other people, because that's a special part of the book. That's the eternal section. That's the part God had and said, "I have redeemed this, or I have held this." I'm sorry, I've held this. Adam couldn't do it, because Adam was not a redeemer. Adam died; his soul went to the whatever to paradise. And he couldn't save nobody else. But thank God Jesus Christ could go to all those dimensions. It didn't matter where. He could come back and go inside of you. Praise God. He could go inside of you and live his life through you. Then we sit like a bump on a pickle. We got to be happy about this. At least smile. First, it wasn't even a moon, a star, an atom, a molecule, anything. He was God. But now watch, Brother Ram, he backs up, he said, he wasn't exactly God, because God's an object of worship, and God's not a name, God's a title, he had to have a name, his name was Jesus Christ, so in his great mind, he wanted these attributes to be expressed, now, where were we, where was that book, where was that, where was that part? of God, that Genesis 126 man, it could not be unfolded in the Old Testament. It could not be unfolded until the New Testament in His blood where He could save us, be a Savior, be a Father, Son, Healer, and all these great attributes. They were in God. But remember, being in God, they were expressed when He died and came back and then went into the 120 as they were speaking of this weekend. You know, Jesus could have just died and that would have been it. He had all of us inside of him, though. That was his whole being of nevertheless, as Brother um, Dutch was speaking, Brother Chris, you know, nevertheless, not my will. You know who was talking? Us. We were the expression he wanted to get out. It wasn't, it wasn't he was going to, sure, he died alone as a human being, but he didn't die alone in his spirit realm. He had all of us in it. Millions of bride. He had you and I in there. When he was on the cross, what? I was on his mind. Hebrews 9 says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. Now, if we just stopped right there and stayed in the Old Testament, absolutely you couldn't say, I'm perfected by God. Absolutely you couldn't say, I am God made manifest in flesh. You couldn't say... I am a son and daughter of God. If we stayed right there. How much more, though, shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, there's the key, that eternal spirit is eternal life, which is the new birth, and that is not in you when you're born. You're born dead. That has to come inside of you by a birth to do what? Purge your conscience. From dead works to serve a living God. Paul's asking these questions. And for this cause, he's the mediator of the New Testament by means of death, his death. For the redemption of the transgressions, I thought we were perfect. For the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must be necessity be the death of a testator. Jesus knew he was dying. That's why he could say in the upper room, this is a new testament in my blood. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. 2 Peter 3, 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace. Look at without spot and blameless. There's no way in your natural self you can do that. There's no way in your in your natural human nature you can do that. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. You see what he's saying? The long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, 1 Corinthians 1, 7, so that you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord. Who shall also confirm you unto the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus. Now, what is today? Today is the day of our Lord Jesus. All right? God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. There be no divisions among you. We got a lot of work to do but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now, here we go. This is going to hit us right between the eyes. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. All right? We're unrighteous. We were not worthy. We didn't deserve the kingdom of God, but it was there for us. As Brother Chris said, by representation, God knew that a group of people would want it. So he made it for us a place. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind. You look these up, I'm not. They're horrible. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards. How many of y'all have already? Okay. Nor revilers, the extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. We're done. We're done. And such were some of you. Paul's preaching to his congregation, the Corinthians. He said, and such were some of you. Now, what was he doing? He wasn't judging them. He was telling them, but you're washed. You have a way out. You have a way of escape. You have a way to be judged now, to be sanctified now. Now, listen, that's the first church age. That's to the Corinthians. What about now? What about now when we have the perfect word of God? We've been, we've been brought back to that faith. Amen. Right? We've been brought back to the faith that was once delivered to these people right here. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Philippians 2.15 says, you, That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Well, we're here. We're here. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Different? Yes, sir. God will make you different if he's inside of you. All right, we know what temperance is. Let's continue through here with patience just a minute. I want to get to godliness. Patience is steadfastness. That means I I was kind of going through all this. You know, you got faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, and then you come to patience. And patience says, stand there. Stand right there. Temperance is kind of an involvement. You know, you've you got to watch your temper, and you got to, there's a kind of a two-way thing. But when you look at patience, what did Brother Brown say the first person to have patience with? God. Amen. So you stand there. Brother Brown said, when you've done all, stand. Can we do that? Can we stand, though, knowing that we have faith, virtue, knowledge, and temperance working toward our patience? That's why these are in perfect order. I'm going to read you a quote here in a minute where Brother Brown said, Look, we've come all the way up this pyramid to godliness, and he said, It's up here. It wasn't down here, because God knew you couldn't live it down here. He put it way up here. That's why brotherly kindness is... Way up there. Because it's real hard to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So steadfastness, constancy, endurance. How many of us like to have it? I mean, we'll have, sometimes we slip off into eternity, eternity and we have a constant life. Every once in a while. And you say, man, this is good. And then all of a sudden when you say that, guess what happens? Yeah, the devil hears you too. But constancy, that's what I like. I like p- things being constant. I like things, I don't like uh, a lot of um, um, ups and downs. But we have to have them. People have ups and downs. And we all do because we're human. But when are we going to get to a place to where that doesn't spike so much this way or so much this way? Where they can come and be more like a wave instead of like a mountain and a... And a, and a valley and a mountain and a valley and a mountain and a valley. That's what, to me, the walk of God is. When you're a Christian, when you're a young Christian, you absolutely, uh, they, call it, they call it tanking. You tank out. I mean, you do. You fail. You think you're worthless. You, you start doing the, some of the things. If you're not born again, if you're just in justification and sanctification, unclean spirit goes out, remember? If you don't get something filled up, fill it back up. It's going to come right back in. And you're going to do the same thing you did before. And then you're like, man, this is worse. I'm doing the same thing. Guess what? Keep going. Keep going. Get born again. Keep sitting under the fountain. You keep sitting under the water, it will get you wet. Don't leave it. Sit under it. Sit under a good message. Sit sit in a good congregation where people can help you, where we can all help each other and not be a hindrance to each other. And the New Testament is the characteristics of a man who has not swerved, look, from his deliberate purpose. Now, you and I have got to have not just faith to be Christians anymore. we got to have faith for a body change. we got to have faith for a resurrection. We've got to have faith to where we come to a spot to where the, the prophet of God said, Satan will not know what to do with you. Oh, would I want to have that place? You wouldn't? And his loyalty to what? Faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. Patiently steadfast. James 1 verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into many temptations. How many of us has got that on our refrigerator? No, you don't. You don't put that one up. Count it joy when you fall into many temptations. Knowing this, that's a trying of what? This guy right down here. The trying of your foundation worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, what? Wanting nothing. Do you believe that? Amen. Brother Brown said to Smyrton Church, he said, now the Lord Almighty says, I know. There he is walking in the midst of his people. There he is, the chief shepherd of the flock. But does he hold back the persecution? Does he stem the tribulation? No, he does not. He simply says, I know your tribulation. I am not at all unmindful of your suffering. What a stumbling block this is for so many people. Like Israel, they wonder if God really loves them. How can God be just and loving if he stands by and watches his people suffer That is what they said in Malachi 1, 1 through 3, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet we say wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I love Jacob, and I hated Esau. How did he do that? By foreknowledge. He knew what they'd be when they'd come out of the womb. He knew what kind of nature they would have. He knew what would motivate them. And what motivated Esau was he didn't care anything about the birthright. Right. When God had made this big plan in the Old Testament that the birthright meant everything, Amen. and then Esau was like, I'm just hungry. You know, let's, I just need something to eat. Jacob would have seemed the worser person, but Esau gave away the one thing that God promised them that they could have. And they would have all the possession. Was the birthright? Firstborn got everything. And I hated Esau, laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. You see, they could not figure out God's love. And if we see this too, we, we you look at the people, and I feel sorry for the people out in the world. Uh, I was listening to the radio the other day. And you know, they, they talk about the love of God. Well, when they think of, when they talk about the love of God, it's like this greasy. Grandpa, you know, don't worry about what you're wearing. Don't worry about all that Old Testament stuff, you know. And the, uh, don't worry. Just, just God loves you. His love is unconditional, but our love back to Him has conditions. Amen. Our love back to Him. He, listen, remember, because He died for the whole world. But watch what the prophet... Now watch, he just brings this and and he covers it way better than I do. Because watch. They thought that love meant no suffering. They thought you being a Christian, all of a sudden, all the lights in the house is going to be on. The bills is going to quit coming. Your gas was always going to be full. You didn't have a problem with your wife and your kids. You know, they all were just perfect little angels. Wrong. I don't know where you got that from. They thought that love meant a baby with parental care. This is not a baby with parental care. This is the statue of a man. A perfect man, not a perfect baby. They thought that love meant a baby with parental care, but God said his love was elective love. The proof of his love is election. That no matter what happened, his love was proven truly by the fact they were chosen unto salvation because God has chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. What? You believe in the truth. Right. Not him. You believe in the truth. So there's your condition. You gotta believe the truth. He's not gonna love you and you not do the truth. He can't. He may commit you to death, as he did, Paul. He may commit you to suffering as he did Job. That is his prerogative. You know why? Because he knows what it will take to get you through. He knows what it will do to take you and break you through to become a better Christian. He is sovereign. But watch this. But it is all with a purpose. If he did not have a purpose, then he would be the author of frustration and not of peace. His purpose is that after we have suffered a while, we would be made perfect, be established, strengthened, and settled. As Job said, he put strength in us, Job 23.6. You may see himself suffered. He learned obedience by the things that he suffered. He was actually made perfect by the things that he suffered. Now, how in the world are you and I going to be made perfect if he didn't? I mean, if we didn't, and he did. He didn't. Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became what? The author of what you're supposed to be. The author of your book. That's your book. He, came, he became the author of that. He wrote that. And being made perfect, he became the author. What is an author? Somebody writes a book that either has a personal experience, if it's nonfiction, or fiction, something he formulated in his mind. God is not nonfiction. I mean, he's not fiction. Sorry. He is nonfiction. Thank you, Bob. I saw your face. I knew I'd said something wrong. Thank you. He's not the author of a fictional book. He's the author of nonfiction. I'm sorry. He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them. What? No, wait a minute. Condition. Unto all them that obey him. In plain language, Brother Branham, give us it in plain language right here. The very character of Jesus was perfected by suffering. Wow. Oh, he's the perfect one. He's the sinless one. Yet that human body had to be perfected by the things that he suffered. And according to Paul, he has left his church a measure of suffering that they too, by their faith in God, while suffering for him, I say one more time, while suffering for him, would come to a place of perfection. Why did he want this? James 1, 2, 4. My brethren, count it all joy. We read that. When you fall into many temptations, knowing this is trying your faith, work with patience. But let patience have a perfect work. <clears throat> Why does he stand by? The reason is Romans 8, verse 17. He explains it. And if children, then heirs. If God suffered, we suffer. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we what? Suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, everybody say this present time, are not worthy to be compared. All right? With the glory that shall be revealed where? In us. He brings it right back down to us. He's not gonna. He didn't. He didn't do something. To say, well, I, I, I'm not gonna be able to depend on this group, so I'm gonna get me another group. Bride is bride. Always will be bride. Always was bride in his mind. In his mind, always was bride in his mind. In the back part of his mind, the memory part of God. You and I didn't know it. We we didn't know one thing about being a bride when we were out in the world. Did you? Maybe a natural one, but not a spiritual bride. Right, right. Not headship. Our headship was you-know-who. Right. I'm not going to call his name. That's who it was. Right. Well, I don't, some of you maybe not. Right. Unless we suffer with him, we cannot reign with him. You have to suffer to reign. The reason for this is that character simply is never made without suffering. Character is a victory, not a gift. And, and, Character is not in the nine spiritual gifts. If you have the nine spiritual gifts, it will build your character. And then you will be victorious. But character is not in there that he just gives you character. All right? So he's not going to give you these virtues. You got to fight for them. A man without character. Look, a man without character, he can't reign. He can't rule over anything. How are you going to rule over this if you don't have the right character? Because power apart from character is satanic. But power with character is fit to rule. And since he wants us, look, he wants us to share his throne. Remember, that's our that's our um, uh, mandate in in the Laodicean church age. Remember, to sit with me in my throne as I sit with my father in his, front, his throne. That's our mandate to sit there with him. In the throne. And since he wants us to share even his throne on the same basis look that he overcome and is sitting down in his father's throne, then we have to overcome to sit with him. So now if you're going to sit with him, you got to overcome. What do you got to overcome? You. And the little temporary sufferings that we go through now is not worthy to be compared to the tremendous glory that, look, will be revealed in us when he comes. He is going to show, let me tell you something. He's going, we think we might, and people say, Well, the bride looks bad. The bride's never look bad. You're looking at the mixed multitude. You're looking at the hinder parts. I'm looking at a bride that he promised us without spot and wrinkle. He yeah. promised us the power would come back into church. He yeah. promised us the gifts would come back into church. He yeah. promised us that we'd see fire fall out of heaven. Yeah. Yeah. He promised that. Right. That we'd see the pillar of fire. We see it all the time, but it's inside of us. Yeah. Yeah. It's hid. But it's not hid to me and you. Amen. I'll promise you one thing. If Satan's an angel of light, he can send you a halo. He can send you a light. Because he's the angel of light, remember? But I'll promise you one thing. If you're born again, that pillow fire's inside of you, and he can't replicate that. He can't do it. He tries best, but he cannot get born again. He cannot have that pillar of fire in his soul. Like Brother Chris was talking about the the that's what that was, that burning bush. That was the pillar of fire. That's what came on the day of Pentecost, divided itself, because it didn't have to divide itself. It was talking to Moses. It couldn't go into anybody, it didn't even go into Moses. He said, I'll be with you. But he told us he'd be in us. So that all pillar of fire became hundred and twenty little licks. And then three thousand little licks. And then he's been now into the millions. And you and I, when you get born again, you get the same lick of fire. Right, man, man. Oh, what treasures are laid up for those who are willing. Well, I'm just here. I'm, I, I clocked in. I wonder if somebody's already clocked out. What treasures are laid up for those who are willing to enter into his kingdom through much tribulation. Count it all joy when you fall into many temptations. Statue of perfect man. That's what we're supposed to do. Reflect the Son of God. And now we're supposed to do his work. He that believeth on me, John fourteen seven. He that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also. You're beginning to reflect the works of Christ. But so many of us try to do the works of Christ before, look, the reflection of Christ is in us. Now there's the trouble. We find these things happening. You know it. I know it. We see these stumbles along the road. We find the scrap heap of ministers, of Christians, piled along the road is because they didn't go into it right. Remember, there's a time and a place for everything. All right? And you can be overzealous. That's why I'm here this morning, is to try to teach this little church what? If you're overzealous, that means you ain't come to patience. You're wanting. And everybody's wanting. We're wanting to do things. You know, we're wanting to to, to get better and, and maybe try to work up some emotions every once in a while. Because most of you are dead. But we're trying to get it where somebody at least say amen. Somebody at least say praise the Lord. Somebody at least act like you want to be here. but that's patience brother Brown I'm going to read it here in just a minute brother Brown said I've been 33 years in this pulpit and he said you women still cut your hair you still do the things I tell you not to do Lula Church my daddy's been here 50 years and you're still doing things we're all still doing things that he told us not to do that's why we're not moving oh we're moving but we're not moving like we should we've got the word of God here people where you, where you can't take a strand of memory out of your head and say, we were taught wrong. That's right. We can't say, oh, we went through this doctrine. Amen? Right. We went through this error. So it should be easier for us to approach God with the true word of God that we do have. And maybe I am trying to push it a little bit. But somebody needs to get alive trying to teach this little church and myself. Look, Brother Ram, didn't, he didn't disclose He said, bless God, I'm all the way up here and I'm fixing to teach y'all. That wasn't the prophet. He said, you and me, how that we can become the dwelling place of the living God. How many would like to be that? Dwelling place of the living God. Well, there's things we have to do. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 says the Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness but is long suffering to us We're not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. You look at all down through the church ages, you look at all seven church ages and you see that 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 all but the end where we're at, he said he said I love you and I appreciate this that you're doing but Read it I appreciate that you don't take the deeds of the Nicolaitans, but you've suffered this woman Jezebel. But you fell from your first love. But you've done this and you've done that. So don't think I'm sitting up here telling us, you know, telling us bad stuff. God was telling him, he said, you fell away from your first love. You quit doing this. You suffered Jezebel. You did these things. But now remember the, the very last one, number seven that we're in, he just rebuked the whole thing. Why? We should know better. Bear long, suffer long, be long-suffering, patiently enduring, be of a long spirit, not to lose heart. Don't lose heart. Keep this thing going, even just a little bitty candlelight. Because right. if it's a candlelight of God, it's worth more than ten thousand worlds. Amen. To persevere patiently and bravely in enduring what misfortunes and troubles. To be patient in bearing the offenses and injuries of others. To be mild and slow to punish. Brother Brown tells us faith alone won't do it. Let's just keep going down here. El Shaddai, 1960, Brother Brown said, Then Abraham, we find out, didn't obey God just right. Wait a minute, he's a father of our faith. (laughs) But he had errors. He had things he had to deal with. Now, he made ready and had faith in the promise. But see, we can still have faith in the promise. Every person sitting in the sound of my voice right now, all of you sitting here, believe that God sent a prophet. Right. Believe that what he brought us was the pure, unadulterated word of God. Amen? Amen. And it came straight from the Bible, right. and there's no discrepancy. There's no error. Right. 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 We have faith in that promise. And then not obey it, still it will hinder us. I'm reading you what the prophet that you just said you believe said. Now you say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe I should be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now no, no matter how much you believe, you got to obey that commission. What is the commission? Repent. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission he sends, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's your promise because this promise is given to us and all ages and all nationalities, I guess you might say, the whole world. Amen. But look, just faith alone won't work. You've got to obey that commission. Just faith alone won't work because faith without works is dead. That's right, just like the borderline believers. Got people today you find in the Bible says, for it is impossible for those which are once enlightened and made partaker of the Holy Ghost to fall away to renew themselves again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and count the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and done despite to the works of grace. You know what they're saying? They're saying is, well, I ain't, I ain't perfect and you ain't perfect. I, I, I just, I can't. And I can't, and I can't. There's no sacrifice for that. There's a sacrifice for ignorance. You know that, right? Being ignorant is not knowing what you're doing. So there's an offering for ignorance, just like right now, there's an offering for ignorance, and it's patience. An offering for ignorance is God's patience with me and you that we won't stay ignorant that we'll come to whatever we need to come to, that we'll listen a little bit more, study just a little bit more, pray just a little bit more, pray for things. Specific, specific, specific. Pray that I can speak. Look, watch this. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. And those people, you've seen them come to church. They'll come and they'll say, oh, yes, I believe, yes, sir. But they believe it, but they'll never lay their hands to it to turn one wheel to help it go on. We still believe this is the prophet, right? I'm, I'm not quoting Charles Stanley. I'm quoting what Brother Brown said. In other words, he sees this even in his own church. They believe it, but they'll never lay their hands to it to turn one wheel to help it go on. And listen, Brother Bram ain't talking about, well, now I made four casseroles this past weekend, and Sister So and so just made two. So I'm blessed more than she than she is. If you can't cook, you're not. But that's what he's saying. He's not he's not saying, okay, well, like Brother Dell always says, Pave the parking lot and pay for this and pay. It's no, it's doing this. It's doing the promise of God. It's doing what God said. It's doing what God said in the Word of God. Now, yes, all that other peripheral, that is so sweet and so nice, and I appreciate you, sisters and men. You do it without any reluctance. You do it without any anything, in you know, malice in your heart. Right. But you can go to hell and still be doing that. Right. 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 That's not what God requires. He does not require that. Right. He requires that you, as Brother Brown said, you you do the things that God said to do. Right. I'm sorry. That was a little bit cutting, but If you think works is going to get you there, not only works alone is not going to do it. Even paying your tithe is not going to get you in heaven. It's an ordinance. It's what you should do. And you'll get a blessing because of it. But it's not going to get you to heaven. Well, now, God just don't go over there and take a broom and sweep out the Canaanites and the Amorites and the Hittites and all of them, sweep them out and say, Come on in, Israel. This is yours. They've even planted crops for you. No, sir, they had to fight for every inch of the way. Every inch that we fight, we got to fight for it. That's right. But they had the promise of victory. God told Joshua, wherever the soles of your foot tread, that I have given you. Now, remember, they broke that promise through Achan. That promise was broken through Achan. Because God told them you'll not lose one person in battle. All of a sudden, the first two or three battles was good and everything, and all of a sudden, they lost 12 or 14 men, ever how much that is in the Bible. Joshua said, hold on, we've got an issue. we got a problem. We've got something in our camp that's not supposed to be here. And you understand what happened. Achan stole the little or took the little garment and the wedge. Because that's not what God told him to do. He said, destroy it all. Get rid of it. Get rid of every one of them. Don't have any of that stuff in your house. So footprints means possession. Remember that, sister, in the wheelchair. Footprints means possession. Every time the soles of your feet touch, that's it. That's why God had to go to hell. That's why Jesus Christ went to hell. His footprints. He overcame. He took over in hell because his feet was there. Then he come back on earth and took over here. All power heaven and earth has been given unto me that stirs my soul to know that that man's inside of us tonight he's in here he's not somewhere going well now wait a minute I'm just going to give you a little bit of me I ain't giving all of you no it's not what he said everywhere your feet touch take that much ground people fighting stuff like sister Frida get up stand on your feet put one foot forward and say cancer nope not this part. Amen. Depression, not this part. Amen. You're not going in this part of my house. Amen. Even your physical house. Walk through your fi- why do we? Why do we come up and, and if you buy a new house, what do we do, Sister Trudy? What do we do? We dedicate it. We get into every piece of the house. Amen. And we pray that God will be in that house. That God will protect that house. And we put prayer cloths in all different kind of places. That's not hocus pocus. I believe that works, Amen. and I believe that we all maybe need a little checkup. That's why I'm talking about uh, having a marriage ceremony, or we may even have to try. Let's try to go home and and like Brother Adams said, get this out and get that out. Start with this one. Right. But physically, we let things come in, and what does it do? It hinders our walk with God. Patience with what? What kind of patience? First thing is to have patience with God. If you've got real, genuine faith, you'll have real, genuine patience because faith worketh patience. Faith worketh patience. When you when God says anything, you believe it. That's all. You got patience. How many of us believe in salvation in the room today? We, everyone, should believe in salvation. Even those of you that don't want to raise your hand. We believe in salvation. Right. All right, now if we believe in salvation, then you believe in whatever God says, that's what it's going to be. You believe it. That's all. You've got patience. I have patience for my kids. You want your kids to be here? Yes, I do. I want them all sitting here, and I want yours sitting here too. But we've got to have patience that they'll come in a time that God sees that they'll come. But it will rain. They will come. Why? God said so. When did he tell you that, Noah? A hundred and twenty years ago. There's none of us lived that long. Just to cleat his head in there, but a hundred and twenty years. He believed in something though that had never happened. See, see, we, we built we we establish our faith. Listen to me a minute. We established our faith on I know that Brother Donnie was healed. All right? All right? I know that Brother George has salvation. I know that Sister Junior's going to be healed. I, and I've seen y'all be healed. I've seen you come to repentance. I've seen you being baptized with water and then baptized with the Holy Ghost. I've seen that. So I can build on that. Noah had nothing. The whole world was against him, science was against him. They might have had one of those telescopes that like Hubble or whatever it was. And they could shoot that thing a million miles, not one drop of water. So Noah had to believe something that never happened before. And he didn't believe it just for a few minutes. He didn't believe it just for a few days. He believed 120 years worth of it. What's wrong with us? We find out God come this far waiting for the church to... Look, Brother I said, but it'll be there. Don't you worry. He promised it. That's so why I said, you've got to plug yourself into that, though. You can't just say, I'm the church and not do what the church says. Now, I don't mean the church. I mean the Bible. The Bible is the church if it's the true church. Amen? Isaiah 40 says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord capital L-O-R-D, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases your strength. That's a promise. Lord, I'm weak. In my weakness, he can be strong, and help us to be that too. Even the youth shall faint. And be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary. See, that's impossible to a human being. The fastest people in the world can only run so far, so fast, so long. You can't run for days. But you, he's promised that you'll run this race and not be weary. They shall walk because sometimes you can run. Sometimes you got to walk. Walk by faith and faint not. Perseverance, 1962, Brother Brown said, The trouble of it. With we people, we're in too much of a hurry. It's just got to be done right now. Now, listen, he was living in a crop pot age. We're living in an ultra, instapot, Instagram, insta this, insta that, microwave in 10 seconds is hot. That's what we're living in now. He wasn't living in that, but he knew it was coming. See, that's what surprises a lot of people. You take John Wesley. His mother had what, 17 kids? Wasn't it 17 kids or whatever more? It was either him, his wife, or his mother. And had to wash all 17 kids' clothes? Didn't have a Westinghouse washing machine. She was the washing machine. And she hung them out on the dryer. Out in the in the uh, yard to dry. I many remember remember that? Praise the Lord. Some of us are still in our sanity. <clears throat> you drive by and it looked like flags. It'd be everybody's anyway. But that's what she did. It wasn't throw it in the dryer and twenty minutes later it's all fluffed, it's all wrinkle free, and you just fold it up and put it in the in the closet. She had to iron. The clothes, And she had enough time to stop and teach her kids about God. Yeah, get quiet on me. That's okay. It hits all of us. The trouble of it is we people were in too much of a hurry. It's just got to be done right now. Can't come back no more. See, when you get that in your mind, you're going to lose it right there. You're going on losing ground right there. You have nothing to stand on. You must be patient. Brother Bradman, an uncertain uncertain sound. Now, Noah, being warned of God, moved and prepared an ark. We just talked about that. And God said it's going to rain, and it rained. Those who found a way of escape took it. Those who didn't perish, that same God said it'll rain. Fire is going to fall from heaven and destroy this world. And there was a way prepared for you. Those who will take it will escape it. Those who will not will perish. The sinner will perish with the sinful world, but the redeemed will be redeemed by the Holy Spirit. And he's talking about Noah standing at the door. Remember telling people something that they did not even believe in. They didn't know anything. What is rain? They probably didn't have rain in their dictionary, Brother John. Because they didn't know what it was. The water was coming up out of the ground and it was, you know, watering everything up from the viaducts underneath the ground. Because that's what collapsed when the water started raining down. That's what collapsed to make all the water on the earth so everything they needed was right there so they didn't have to look up me and you nothing down here it's all got to be from up there don't look to the earth look to the heavens we should have patience with one another like I've tried to get this watch I've tried to get this message over at the tabernacle to see that each member of the tabernacle become this it's hard to do I've tried to have patience. This is 33 years. Have patience. Women still bob their hair, still just the same. But just have patience, see? Just have patience. Wait. You have to. If you ain't got it, don't try to build on this down here. Have patience. Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed with this great cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does easily beset us, and let us, what? Run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Listen, we know the plan. We know the plan more than Paul did. We're in the end time. He was in the first time. But he could see it, that we needed to make sure we run with patience the race that was set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Matthew 10, verse 22 says, And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that what? Endureth. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. That word endureth means to remain, abide, not recede or flee. Not first time something happens, first time somebody says something cross to you, first time somebody looks at you different, or somebody gets on you, steps on your toes, don't recede or flee. Remain. Abide, preserve, look, under misfortunes and trials, hold fast to one's faith in Christ. To endure, to bear bravely, and look, calmly, ill treatments. The word end means the end to which all things relate, the aim or the purpose. I told you about God. What is a plan? A plan is a method of achieving an end. We're trying to achieve an end. Listen, and God's gonna have it. Doesn't matter you can sit here today and you can clam up and you can be a sourpuss all you want to. Somebody's gonna have the quickening power and gonna take this thing and sweep it on. I'm just dumb enough to believe it's me and you. Alright, so get it let's get out of this doldrum. What let's get into what God's already given us. And pray for what's coming. Because with God, it can't be less. It's got to be greater. Right. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through, look, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear no greater, swear by himself. Saying, surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so, look, so after he had patiently endured, after Abraham waited 25 years, he obtained the promise. Luke twenty one nineteen says, In your patience possess ye your soul. It is well with my soul. When peace like a river extendeth my way. When sorrows like seas billows roll. Nevertheless, what? It is well with my soul. I have patience to believe that God's going to do what He said He do so let's look at godliness just for a minute and then we'll close godliness and the strong is holiness reverence and respect you would not you would not think that much but think just bear with me and I'll get to it uh, I may be Sunday reverence and respect all right piety towards God Godliness. now look how can you have be piety towards God God is piety we're born in sin to be to have piety towards God is to know what that is by that person being inside of me or being inside of you. That's why Brother Brown said, we'll read it in just a minute. He said, You go all through this, but when you got to get up to the top, you're getting some really good material. Second Timothy, this is just kind of like what we read at Corinthians. This is what Paul was dealing with. He's dealing with it in Timothy, he was dealing with it in the Corinthians. He comes among people. He says, "For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, and unholy, without natural affection." Lord Jesus, we see that now more than ever. <clears throat> we took a little survey today. Me and June did, and we gave some blood for a for a, um, uh, a test or something they were doing about um, stuff in the past. But anyway, it said on there. It says, "Are you male or female?" But it said, "What did it say?" It said. Something about your birth, sex. Were you born male or female? Do you identify? That's right. What do you identify as? Without natural affection. truce breakers. False accusers. Incontinent. You know what that means? That means you can't keep your mouth shut. Fierce. Despisers of those that are good. Traitors. Traitors. Heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Having a form. Now, that's a form you don't want. But having a form of godliness, but denying the power of that godliness. If we don't come to godliness and show the power of it, you know what it is? It's that right there. You lose it. A form, but denying the power thereof. Power without character is satanic. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women or churches or denominations or us if we're that part. Silly women laden with sins led away with many lusts. In other words, watching and looking for everything else. Ever learning and ever able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now let's read this again. First Timothy. And without controversy, without us even having to argue about it, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. We know where he's at now, though. Amen? We know where he's at. We don't have to go find him, and there's no controversy that he's in a Bible, or he's in a church, or he's in a pope. He's in me and you. By the new birth, God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, that's us, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Brother Brown says it's the statue of a perfect man. But if you've got genuine faith, then put genuine virtue to it. Then genuine knowledge. Then genuine temperance. Then genuine patience. See, you're moving right on up the line, all right? Fifthly, add godliness. Oh, my. Godliness to be added. What does godliness mean? I looked in four or five dictionaries. Couldn't even find what it meant. Finally, I was down at Brother Jeffrey's there, and we found it in a dictionary. Godliness means to be like God. Oh my. After you got faith, virtue, and all this temper patience, then be like God. Whew. You say, I can't do that, Brother Branham. Oh, yes, you can. Amen. Amen. Let me just read you a few scriptures here in a minute, Matthew 5.48. And let's see what Jesus said, You're God's. All the virtue, all the things that's in God is in you. Do you believe that? Matthew 5, 48, be ye Jesus speaking in the Beatitudes, be ye therefore P-E-R-F-E-C-T. What's that? Perfect. Even as your Father in heaven is perfect. You got way up here now before you're asked to do that. He didn't ask you to be like God at at, at virtue. You need to have strength before you can be like God. Then when you get up here, he's asked you now to be perfect. Godliness, sons and daughters of God. That's right. How many things could I say on that line? Then he turns, says, turn to Ephesians 4. It's kind of a long quote, but we'll finish right here on this. Let's turn to Ephesians 4 and find out here in the book of Ephesians. It says about these things, how, what we should do. 4 and 12. You know where he's going with this. I'll begin with the 12th verse. All right, let's begin up here at the 11th verse. And he gave some apostles and some prophets. Remember last night? Don't try to take the other man's office, see? and some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers. For the perfecting of God. Does it read like that? congregation says no. The perfecting of what? They said saints. Who are the saints? The sanctified ones. Not sanctified before you get born again. This is sanctified after you get born again. After me born again. Chief, which one wins? He said, the one I feed. Because I got one out here in my spirit realm that's a black dog. But I've got one inside of me that's a white dog. Now there's a contrast. Now there's a fight going on. It's not down in your soul. The sanctified ones, amen. The ones started from down here. Perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, the ministry of Jesus Christ. For the edifying of the body. For the edifying, build it up, edifying until, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and to the perfect man and to the assurance to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Invisible union, watch what Brother Brown said. <clears throat> A man is born of God. A son of God, look, has to have the nature of God. Requirement, all right? You can write that down, underline it. Requirement. you got to have the nature of God. He has to be like God. He honors God. He is part of the Word of God. And in this last days of this bride, watch, this bride taking form just exactly the same power that he was at the beginning, has come up through these organizations and so forth and come out for the bride. He can't be nothing else but that. Let's stand to our feet. He can't be nothing else but that. What? The bride. He can't be nothing else but the bride. Patience. 30-something years, he said. He's been waiting. Somebody to say, I see that. Musicians, come on. I say, I see that. I, I, I want to be that. I, I I can't, but now I can. I've read where I couldn't by men out in the world. I've read, you know, uh, you ain't perfect and I ain't perfect. But what have we done with reading of the Word of God that never says, now it tells you that there's a position that you got into by your first birth, that you are not perfect. Amen. But by your new birth, it's made you as perfect as God is. So you've got to let that out and let it go to working. Let it out. It will work. Something is going to happen in this end time in a group of people. But it's got to start with you as an individual saying, It's me. It's me, Lord. It's me. It's not It's not my neighbor. It's not my wife. It's not my pastor. It's not my kids. It's not my ministers. It's me. We do all our can to help you, but you're gonna to have to make the first move. Right. Right. You got to make the first move. You got to make the first move and say, "God, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm tired, of, sick and tired of being sick and tired. I don't want to be this way anymore." Well, now, if you re- but see a lot of people just lip service. If you really believe that, then six months from now, you shouldn't be able to say that again. Everybody with me? put the stake down somewhere yeah. all right we you know people been baptized four, five, six 5 6 times hey, one day you can't just wash it all away from you right. 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 not with natural water you can't you got to come to a place and said i'm done that's that. I, I ain't got to do that no more yeah. i ain't got to worry about not getting up and going to church i can't worry i'm not going to worry about not having time to study not having time to pray i'm not going to worry about that no more I'm not going to let X, Y, and Z take over anymore. But the problem is we just keep the same pit all the time, over and over, same stink, same mess. Why? That's why it's called a change. He's changing you a little by little, but you got to let him do it from inside. You can't try to clean yourself up A pig is a pig. You can take a pig and you can wash it up. I've seen, uh, you know, you see places you go to, they have these uh, uh, FFA things, you know, and they clean the pig up, they clean it up, and they put a big old ribbon on it, and they think, man, this this is number one pig. One hour later, he tells you who he really is. He's a pig, because you look at him again and you go, he's in the mud. Well, he's doing what a pig said to do. But, like Brother Ram said, if you ever could take the nature, hello somebody, take the nature out of that pig, only God can do that. He takes the nature out of this pig and puts his nature in. I'm not going to the wall, even though I'm a pig and I look like a pig. I'm not going back into that wall because my my nature is not to get in that anymore. My nature is to fly like an eagle. Let's sing a song. God bless
1: you. He paid a debt this evening. Amen. <clears throat> he paid a
2: debt. He did not owe owed a debt. I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song. Songs even ought to make a difference. The way you sing a song ought to be different than it used to be. He a debt that I could never pay. He paid a debt at Calvary. He cleansed my soul and set me free. I'm
1: glad did all my sins array Then I sing a brand new song amazing grace all day long Christ Jesus painted it that I could never pay one day he's come being bad for we stand with
2: our brother, Lord, many times. He's come requesting
1: prayer, Lord. And you have come on the same, Father, ask him one more time. Wherever these prayer cloths
2: go and our brother, Lord, goes to have whatever done day. to his knee, though. let the doctors testify that you're a healer, Father. I pray that you would be with him and bless him, Lord. Just strengthen his body and keep him strong and healthy. In Jesus' name we ask him. Amen. Good report. It's all on here. That I could never. Let's sing it one more time. One One day day he's coming back back for me to live live with him eternally. Would it
1: be glory to see him on that day? And now I sing a brand new song. All day long Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. He paid a debt. He did not owe. I owed a debt. I could not pay. I needed some more. We do not have to...
2: Explain to Do our sister what this is. Sins Lord, it's a connection, Lord, that we believe that when this cloth is being laid on our I
1: sister, that, Lord, whatever function that is not good will come back to normal again. Christ Lord, our
2: for things and health issues. Now I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you'll raise her up for your honor and glory, Lord. And that we'll see her again, Lord, and she'll be made whole. Father, we believe that, and we know our sister does too, Lord. So she lays this cloth on her natural sister, Lord, that she'll see an instant result, Father. And Lord, even if it does take time, let the doctors testify. That she's getting better. We pray these things in the name of the
1: Lord Jesus. Amen. Tell her we're praying with her, okay? All day long, cried Jesus, Jesus paid a debt
2: that I could never pay. One day he's coming back. Yes, he is. For what? For me. For me. I don't know about you he's coming back for me, but you need to know that he's coming back for you. We need to know that we know that we know it's time to put the state down and forget all the past forget all the stuff in the back. You say I can't do that well you just you, you just lost right there. Brother Brown remember positive mental attitude Brother Dale's always preached positive attitude, positive confession, positive promise. There is nothing negative in God. He's not an oh, oh, me, God. He's not a I can't do it, God. This is just too much. I can't do it. He's never said that. He's always had a provision. He's always had a way for us to be healed or to be saved. Or, or, or we, we were talking this past weekend. You know, there's only one way you can't go to heaven. One way. And that's blaspheme the Holy Ghost and count it to be naught. Because I read you a list of people That should be in hell Adulterers, liars, thieves Murderers And they won't enter in the state they're in Here But when they get a change It's not a salvation issue If you murder three or four people And you get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost Wow you think No that's too much Have we belittled God so much That you know you say and the reason I'm saying that is you say well my kids have done X as long as you hang on to them you just keep hanging on to them I'm like brother Claude Weisinger said he said look God he said I want my kids saved I don't care if it's the last he, he said give them one minute if they're dying give them one minute Lord to make a choice and let them make that choice Lord Save my filthy soul, and you know what he'll do? He'll come down, and save him. Amen. We let God handle that, but you know what? I don't. Deathbed confessions are just too close to the—they're too, too close to the uh, t- to the finish line. Okay, let's get it now, and not worry about it. Then, when we go home, if we have to go home by death, we go home with a smile. We go home with a wow. Is that what this is all about? Is that heaven? This is like heaven to me. This word of God to me, this past weekend, that was that was close enough to heaven to me down here on the earth. The word of God was preached. There was some good fellowship, good friendship, and we, we had a good time together, and we had a good time around the word of God first. Put the word first. Put God first, and then all these other things, they'll come together. All right, let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, thank you for this evening you've given us. We pray now that you'd be with us on our way home and the highways. Keep us safe, Lord, the ones that come up for prayer. We expect, Lord, to have positive results on everything, Lord, that we prayed for. Because you're a, a God that heals, and you're a God that saves. And you're a God that listens to your children. Lord, you're not one that's in a hurry. You have patience. Lord, I pray that we have patience with others and patience with you, Lord, that you'll do exactly what you said you'd do. Father, just be with us now as we come up to the, here, in the middle of the week. We got a few more days of working. I pray that you'd be with us and keep us safe. Be with the ones that are sick. Sister Frieda and different ones. Sister Johnny, Sister Mary, all the different ones, Lord, that we, we think about often. We, Sister Gail, Lord, that we'd love to have back in the, in the service with us, Lord. I pray that you'd be with them father just be with us Lord in furthermore of this week we'll come back together and listen to you Lord on Sunday father in the song service and in the the uh, Sunday school class and in the, the ministry and all the different things Lord and the fellowship that we have around you we pray that all that'll be done for your honor and glory in Jesus name we pray amen you're dismissed God bless you
1: I